Welcome to Spiritual Grit, the podcast where we talk real talk about spirituality through the lens of activism and social justice. What happens when activism and spiritual practices collide? What sparks of change call for the grit we need to create meaningful strides in social justice? I'm your host, Leslie Ann Hobayan, poet, priestess, activist, professor, hip-hop dancer, and badass mama. Join me as we dive in to learn more about our deepest selves so that we can be better ancestors to create a stellar world for our descendants. Grab your dancing shoes and let's get groovy with the grit right now. Hello loves, welcome to another episode of Spiritual Grit. How are you on this beautiful day? I hope wherever you are, you're feeling good in your neighborhood, but if you're not, know that that's okay. Just take some time now to step into the breath and just let it all go. Whatever not so great feelings are happening, let the exhale, the out breath, just empty it out of the body. And then on the inhale, bring nourishment, bring gratitude, bring life into the body, feel it get nourished. And on the out breath, just let all the stuff that you don't want out, let it go. Release, release, release. And interestingly enough, and I didn't really (laughs) mean for this to happen, but you know, synchronicities are abounding everywhere. Um, I have drawn a card for our podcast episode today from the deck called The Secret Language of Light, which is by Denise Jarvie. And the card that came forward is Let Go. (laughs) How about that? Um, And so just to describe the card a little bit, um, it's a gorgeous blue background. And you know, when I describe these things, I feel like I never do it justice, but I wanna give you at least a hint, a glimpse of what these these images um, look like. Uh, And so in the center of the card is a great golden sword. And from this sword, flames that are the color of blue and lavender are coming out. There's also a golden light emitting from the center of the blade of the sword. And behind the sword um, are some sacred geometry patterns of triangles layered upon each other. And there are some white rays of light beaming out like a sun radiating out from this central image and just so beautiful. Uh, Okay. So here's what the guidebook says. Take back your power and thrive. I love that. So let all just be and take back your light. Stop trying so hard and breathe. Letting go does not mean jumping blindly into faith but to release the resistance you hold about a subject so your dreams and desires can be realized. Hmm, Let me read that again. Letting go does not mean jumping blindly into faith, but to release the resistance you hold about a subject so your dreams and desires can be realized. So what that means, as I am digesting this message, because I didn't read the guidebook ahead of time, but yes, we can take a leap of faith, but at the same time, we need to let go 
of the expectations of what might happen when we do take this leap of faith, to let go of the expectations that what we're leaving behind might we might need, if that makes sense. Um, so continuing on, we have all hung on to a person, place, job, or idea because we think it will give us what we seek. But hanging on is the result of unbalanced thinking. This imbalance has you needing compensation. You created a deficit by compromising yourself, thinking that the way toward your dreams. Oh, thinking that was the way toward your dreams. It was your choice to do that. Now it is your choice to let go and create from love instead of fear. You deserve to have what you want without compromising your truth. You cannot change what has occurred. However, you can change what you do from this moment on. No one has been placed upon this earth to make you happy, just as it is not your responsibility to make anyone else happy. Free yourself and everyone else of the idea that we must please others to be loved. You are love, and you are loved, no matter what has happened in your or another's life. Whew, I love that. I love that because it's asking us to just acknowledge how far we've come, where we are now, looking at our reality, but then just letting it all go so that we can create space and opportunity for us to move towards the thing that we most desire, towards the life of our dreams, towards whatever is on our heart. Hmm. And this guidebook has a little, a little extra here that I want to share. It's an inspired reflection and action. So there is nothing you need to be or do. Be where you are and accept this is where you are. It is not wrong or right. It is just where you are. There is no need to explain or justify what brought you here. The more details you give to a story, the more it has a hold on you and the harder it is to move forward from it. So the distinction is to acknowledge and recognize your current reality and what beliefs you hold have, that have brought you to this moment, to this now moment. Just acknowledge it. Just be like, okay, this is where I am. This is, I'm just taking inventory, just taking in information. I am orienting myself so that I know my starting point as I travel towards the destination I desire, sort of like a GPS system. And you can think about, well, here's where I want to be, but I don't know how to get there if I don't orient myself to where I am now. So don't give yourself stories or explanations. Don't justify. Don't be like, oh, I'm in this situation because blah, 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 because my old ideas are blah, 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 blah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's in the past, right? And when you focus on the past, you stay stuck in the past. So it's just a matter of acknowledgement because you don't want to deny the past either. When you deny something, it just comes in stronger in full force. So it's more acknowledge, say, hey, this is how I got here. Here are the steps that I took, whether it was conscious or unconscious, right? Because we don't know what we don't know. And our current selves know more than we did our past selves. But let's just take inventory and look and say, hey, okay, this is how I got here. Now that I know where I'm at and I see how I got here, let me make changes. Let me shift my beliefs. Let me revise the stories I've told myself about who I can be, who I am at my core, and then move forward 
or circular, depending, <laughs> depending on how you see this journey. Um, our journeys in this life are not linear. And if anyone's telling you that, they're selling you something. <laughs> because if you think about it, right, our journeys happen in cycles, in patterns. You know, it might look a little different, but the energy feels the same. You know, there's that analogy that a lot of people use, and, and I, I use it too because it it's relatable. You date somebody, and it's great for a time. But then there are problems that pop up and you're like, yeah, yeah, no, this is not working. So you break up and you part ways and you're going on your merry, merry way. You're like, you know what? I'm going to go back into the dating game. I'm going to go meet somebody. And then you meet somebody and you're having a great time and you're in a relationship with this person. And then you start to notice that you aren't getting along for the very same reasons you didn't get along with the previous person. Now that's red flag number one. But it's not about that other person. It's about you and who you're being. It's about the patterns that you are in that you may or may not be aware of. That pattern of dating the same person, behaviorally speaking, you know, you're not literally dating the same person. I mean, if you're dating the same person, well, then that's that's something deeper that we got to talk about. Like, why are you still with this person if they're not working out for you? That's an invitation to go within and ask yourself, what needs to be healed. So there's this pattern in your dating life of you dating the same person. They take on different, you know, names, different bodies, but the same behaviors, the same issues keep coming up. And this is the universe telling you, here's the lesson you need to learn. And I'm going to keep giving you opportunities to learn this lesson until it finally sinks in, until you finally learn the lesson. And then you can be free of that pattern. You can be free of this lesson. So let's say, um, just for illustration's sake, let's say you and the person that you're romantically dating, that you're involved with, um, can never decide where to go out for dinner. It's like this thing where neither of you wants to make a decision about where to go for dinner, and it happens every Friday night. And you're like, you know what? I can't take this. This person can't decide, like forget it. I can't be with somebody who's so indecisive. I'm out of here, right? So you, you peace out of that relationship. You hop into another relationship. And with person B, you start fighting. And now you it's about you can't decide which movie theater or <laughs> which movie you want to see. I don't know. What do you want to see? I don't know. What do you want to see? I don't know. It doesn't matter to me. Are you sure? I don't know. And then it ends up being that back and forth. And you're like, what the heck? another person who's indecisive like why can't they just decide so this happens a few more times and by like person number five you're like all right you know what why do i keep maybe it's person number 10 maybe it's person number 100 who knows I'm not putting a number on it but i'm gonna say there's there's multiple opportunities for you to learn this lesson right and then so you might ask yourself all right hold on a second let me put the brakes on why do i keep attracting these people, you know, like I know some women are like, why do I keep dating the bad boy? That's like such a cliche, right? But there is something to it. It's like, what is it within oneself that brings this kind of person into your life, right? So with the indecision example, maybe that's a mirror for you. Maybe that's a mirror for you to say, hey, 
you're not deciding either. Why aren't you being decisive? Why aren't you taking responsibility for whatever decision you're going to make? Don't blame it on that person you're dating. I mean, that's easy. That's, you know, cool. Like blame it on them. Mm -hmm. But then you don't grow and you don't evolve. And then you stay stuck in that (laughs) pattern. You just stay stuck and you're like, why is my life the same? It's been X number of years and I'm still dating the same person. Why haven't I found the person, you know, who's for me? It's because you haven't learned the lesson yet. And in this example, I mean, it's a very small example. The lesson is you're not being decisive. This person that you keep come, keep attracting, that you keep dating is a mirror for you to say, hey, it's okay to make a decision. Stop people pleasing. Stop trying to anticipate what the other person wants to do. Just decide, what do you want to do? What do you, where do you want to eat? What movie do you want to watch? And if that person doesn't like it, that's information for you to say, hey, we're not aligned. Maybe we need to go, you know, separate ways. And if that's the fear, then why are you dating that person in the first place? So see, there's like these layers of questions that take you deeper and deeper to the core of the beliefs that you have, the fears that you have. So on the surface, it might just be like, okay, I broke up with that person because they were so indecisive. But really it's about when you ask these levels of questions. Okay. So let me just take you through the levels of questions. It's here's the mirror. Why can't you be decisive? Well, maybe because I never felt safe making a decision. Maybe because when I made a decision and I declared what I wanted, it got rejected, whether it was from previous you know, partners that you dated, um, parents, friends, whatever. And so this learned pattern of I made a decision and then it got rejected, got rooted into your subconscious. And so now it's not safe for you to decide. It's not safe for you to express your desires or your opinions because you want to feel like you belong. You want to feel love. You want to feel included. So why would you subject yourself to rejection by asserting your opinion, right? You see how that goes? I mean, it's so layered and nuanced, but too many of us in today's society are running, 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 running a million miles an hour doing X, Y, Z to-do lists are, you know, miles and miles long. We got to do, 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 do. We got to get this done, get that out. Whoa, slow down, breathe, wait. First, ask yourself, who are you being? Who are you at your essence? You are a spirit soul having a human experience. And when you keep running and you keep going, go, 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 go in this high speed, often wounded masculine energy, What are you running from? When you are on that trajectory of go, 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 you lose connection with your divine self. You tend to forget that you are a spirit soul having a human experience. And then you get wrapped up in the three-dimensional 
problems. You get wrapped up in the, you know, I don't have financial security. I don't like my job, but I don't know what else to do because then X, Y, Z will happen. And oh my God, this person down the street is giving me a hard time about blah, 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 blah. And our engagement with the world becomes very surface oriented. It's very like, this is what I see. This is what I hear. This is my physical experience. And we stop there. We don't take it down a level to the deeper core of ourselves. And then we lose sight of why we're here in the first place. We lose sight of our opportunities for growth and evolution and expansion. You know, some people are like, what's the point of healing if we just keep getting hurt? It's for your expansion as a spirit soul. Why do you want to expand? Because it feels good. I mean, do you know how amazing it feels to be in the company of like your best friends, right? It's like, it's so good. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's feeling so much love and expansion. And it's like, there could be no wrong in the world. That is what we're going for. When we do the healing work, when we look at ourselves and ask why am I still stuck in this pattern? Or why do I feel crunchy in the body? Why are these feelings of chaos and change and difficulty and challenge? Why are they all happening? Because they are opportunities for you to evolve, to heal the wounds within you that you may have experienced during this lifetime or past lifetimes, or you might have inherited from your ancestral lineage. It is up to us now to begin to heal those layers so that we can expand. And when we expand and we bring in more light into the world, whoo, feels so good, feels so freaking good. Yes, just wanted to like, oh man. I love it so much. I love it so much. Um, And so as I'm talking about this, I wanted to share the importance of ritual. I just wrapped up a workshop with some beautiful women in, um, it's called Write in Ritual. And it's, it was really about being in sacred space together in creating a ritual together and using writing as a tool for us to tune into our intuition, to tune into our bodies, to tune into who we truly are at our most authentic selves, at our core essence. And it was beautiful. And the magic of ritual is where it's at. Because I can talk all day about how important it is for us to learn lessons and expand and, you know, and grow and evolve. But when it comes down to it, you might hear me and listen and be like, yes, nodding your head. Yes, yes, yes. But then you're like, wait, but how do I do that? You know, like that, theoretically, that sounds all fine and good, but how do I do that? You know, taking that example of dating a person who's indecisive, right? How do I change that behavioral pattern of mine of attracting the indecision person? How do I change my pattern of being indecisive? How do I create uh, a healing 
where I can tell my body and my ego that it's safe for us to make a decision to express our opinions. How do I create that? Out of thin air? No, you do that with ritual. What ritual does is that it connects the invisible with the visible, right? You know, often we have these notions, these feelings within us that we can't quite articulate. We can try to describe it to somebody, but we're kind of like, ah, you know, like you just, words fail you. You're like, I have this feeling, don't know how to express it, define it, describe it. I'm just at a loss for words. Ritual can help you open that portal, that bridge between the intangible, the inexpressible with the physical world, with language, with embodied creativity. And so what the heck is ritual? Well, it can be anything you want it to be. It can be something as simple as saying a prayer. Could be something as simple as lighting a candle. Could be lighting some Palo Santo or incense. It could be hitting a chime. I have this miniature um, sound healing bowl that I got from Kripalo some years ago. And I think it's the, the note E, I think. I have to look at it again, but it's tiny. It looks like a little toy bowl. But it's so funny, the packaging says, this is not a toy. <laughs> they want to make it very clear. You're not supposed to be giving it to like a little toddler who will bang on it. It is a sacred tool. And so just that little ring of the bell sonically clears the space, right? And so with ritual, there is structure. You are taking some physical action and setting the tone, setting the energy, opening the portal. And once you do that, you can then invite the energy to come out in whatever way it needs to come out. You can use tarot cards for clarity, for guidance. Some, you know, I've, I've said this on the show before is I love tarot and oracle cards because they are a mirror for me. They pull out the knowledge I already have in me, but either refuse to look at because it was like, no, that's inconvenient. Or I didn't want to look at it because I wanted a different answer. You know, there some people, they like flip through all the cards until they get the card that they want. <laughs> like that's not how tarot works. But, um, but yeah, tarot and oracle are, are like these, these signs in your face saying, here's what you need to look at. And inevitably, every time I pull a card, I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah, of course. Duh. You know? And so in ritual, you can create the space for quiet, for presence in the body, allowing space for you to connect with your soul self, with your intuition. And one tool that I love is the tarot because it's, it's a physical tactile thing. And as a Taurus son, I'm very much into physical tactile things. I'm very earthy. Um, never mind the fire signs <laughs> that I have also. <laughs> but allowing for ritual to bring you back to you, to bring all versions of yourself back to yourself. 
and having a conversation with yourself, with your ancestors, your spirit guides, whatever the case may be. Sometimes I like to read poetry during ritual because I find that the words help me give shape to what I'm feeling or experiencing or trying to process. And I'm not, you know, going to just any poetry. I'm going to sacred poetry, whether it's Rumi or Hafez or any poetry of the saints. I have this book. I don't, I don't think I have it here nearby, but it is um, a collection of poetry by the mystics. And I think it's something like talking to God or something. I'll have to look it up and I'll share with you on the next episode. But sometimes I just like to flip through that book and whatever happens, happens. Much like the tarot, whatever poem comes forward is the one I need to see and read and digest in that moment. And so ritual is a way for us to create space to look at what needs to be healed because if we look at what needs to be healed in us in just any old space, like we're driving, you know, on the highway, we're like, oh, what needs to be healed? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you would be as open to receiving the answer. So ritual allows for us to be open to receive as well as connect. And so in this workshop, which was really really beautiful. The women in there shared some profound experiences, some profound knowings, and it all is because of the space that was created. Ritual is about creating space for ourselves. And so I invite you this week to engage in some little ritual. I mean, you know, the word ritual is is so interesting as far as how it's used today. Like we talk about you know, morning rituals, uh, brushing your teeth, going to the bathroom, washing your face. Those are rituals. Ritual means that there is intention as well as a commitment to devotion, which is, you know, kind of funny to think about, like, I'm brushing my teeth. That's a ritual. Am I, am I really devoting myself? I'm devoting myself to cleaning my teeth. Yes. Cause I want my teeth well into old age, you know, but all my grandparents had false teeth and I'm like, yeah, no, not for me. Thanks. <laughs> um, but to think about how the sense of ritual, both in creating a sacred space, but also in a habit, a, a practice of devotion, how can that bring more awareness into your life so that you can have awareness for healing so that you can create more space and expansion in your life for evolution. These are all questions to consider, things to look at as you move through your daily life, which these days feels very rushed, very hurried. I mean, I do my best to slow down, but I would be lying if I said I didn't get caught up in the rush of this current existence in the 21st century. Um, so it takes a lot of effort. But if you find people, like-minded people, people who want to practice as you do, then it becomes easier to slow down, to create space, and to lean into trust. Because often a lot of our frenetic energy 
the do-do-doing is a result of not trusting ourselves and being able to do the things that are necessary for our lives to thrive. But also it's not showing any trust in the universe in the fact that you were put, well, we were, we chose to incarnate in these human bodies, right? With full trust that the universe supports us in anything that we do. We just have to ask, you know, there's um, something called spiritual etiquette. It's a term I actually learned recently from this audiobook that I'm that I'm listening to and um, she talks about spiritual etiquette uh, and she said you know we are this her name is Caroline W. Grant and the book is called um, make the gods work for you which she talks about astrology and the planets and the energies of these planets and how they are related to different parts of who we are and who we're being um, but she says that with spiritual etiquette yes your ancestors are always around you supporting you, but they can't do that until you ask them. They need to be invited to support you. That's part of the spiritual etiquette because it's, it's like this thing. I I liken it to, um, to parenting, right? (laughs) Kind of, um, where you have a newborn baby, right? Not newborn. We'll just say like, you know, baby's crawling, Baby's crawling, learning to crawl on his own, her own. She's crawling and then she's she's building the muscles and the legs and the arms. And then she's pulling up. She's grabbing the couch, grabbing the table, coffee table, chairs, whatever, pulling herself up. She's getting ready to walk, right? And as we watch a baby evolve in their progress, in their physical evolution, often us adults want to just step in and swoop in and be like, yes, let's just help you. But the thing is, the baby won't know how to do those things if we help them, right? If we help that little baby girl, I'm going to make her a girl. (laughs) um, We deprive that little girl of the opportunity to grow. And so we need to kind of watch and, and see how it goes. And if there's an opportunity to guide, usually the, the kid will like look at you like and reach out to you like, help me, right? That's what our ancestors are like. That's what our spirit guides and angels and guardians are like. They're around us, right? And they're watching us grow and evolve, but they're not allowed to step in until we ask for help until we invite them in to say, Hey, I could use some support. I could use some guidance. Can you throw me a clue here? Toss me a bone, put some crumbs on the path. So I know which direction to go to. They are more than happy, more than thrilled to do that, but they can only do that if you ask. And that's what ritual does. Ritual opens up that space of asking. You know, when I start my rituals, I invite my ancestors, spirit guides, guardians, angels into the space. I say, hey, come on in. I'm going to go do some inner work, inner development. I'd like for you to be there too. 
And so I invite you to do that, you know, take some time this week to just do a ritual for whatever you need, whether it's clarity around some difficult times you're experiencing, or maybe you just don't even know where you're going in life. You can use, do a ritual for, you know, you see your kid going through some hardship, ask for guidance on how you can help your kid. Or maybe you just want to sit with your ancestors and say, hey, what's up, my friends? (laughs) What's up, fam? (laughs) Any traumas we need to heal right now? (laughs) You know, I mean, I make light of it, but I, 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 I am serious. Um, You know me. I mean, if you've been listening to the show for a while, it's like, I, I like to dive deep into, into the stuff, but I also don't want to lose sight of levity, to lose sight of fun because in the big picture of things, we are here to have fun. This life, this planet is a playground. And I think too many of us get caught up in the 3D day-to-day stress that we forget to see the bigger picture of play, of fun, of exploration and experimentation. You know, if you think of this existence as one giant experiment, we're in a big lab and we just want to play and have fun and like make potions and explosions of, you know, puffs of smoke or volcanic eruptions of baking soda and vinegar in a paper mache volcano. Let's do that. You know, like, let's just see what happens. Um, so even though I, I say, you know, ask your ancestors what needs to be healed, be like, what's up? And I make jokes because when you are playing, when you are relaxed and at ease, which is what play is, then you allow for more transformation to happen. Then you allow for healing to happen because your ego is disarmed. Your ego is like, oh, we're having fun. Cool. Let's have fun. And then the real work can happen. When ego is like up in protection mode, there's lots of resistance. It's a little harder to do healing work, to do exploration, expansion work. I mean, it'll happen. It just won't be as enjoyable. So that's why I make jokes. (laughs) All right, my friends. Anyway, I hope this has been helpful for you in thinking about how ritual can come into your life, how you can build a relationship with your deepest self, but also to look at the patterns and behaviors you're engaged with based on what you're noticing in your 3D life, you know, is the same kind of friend coming into your life, is the same kind of client if you have a business, same kind of client coming into your life, you know, notice the patterns, ask yourself, okay, what what am I learning here? What's the lesson? What am I missing? What's the mirror? And then go into ritual and see what you can explore with your ancestors and your spirit guides, your spirit team, all those amazing support groups. Um, Okay, so I'm going to close the episode with a poem from The World I Leave You, Asian American Poets on Faith and Spirit. Still my favorite anthology. Oh, man, (laughs) I'm like feeling good. And the poem that I land on is called Cancer. And I was like, oh, okay. So doesn't matter. This is the poem that needs to be read. So this poem is by Sue Huang. 
Love her to death, by the way. You should go get her book, Bodega. Amazing, amazing. And go follow her too. She, I love her social media posts. She's so fun. This is called Cancer. Feet on dashboard. God-awful music blaring from mixed cassettes. My father let me have my way as he played chauffeur. Never easing his grip on the wheel down straightaways. Four hours to my college dorm across New Jersey and the Poconos, up through Scranton to the Gulch of Broome County in upstate New York. Not a word passed between us, mile after mile markers on fence posts, yellow dashes, streaks of trees, blurred liturgy of autumn, spring, Summer into winter into summer, ticking off hours that measured the distance as he drove, and I watched the road that held nothing but our widening gulf. My father taught me willful reticence, folding desire into cellular spaces. Perhaps one day I will enter this dusty warehouse filled with neglected boxes, find the one labeled for my daughter and unpack its long-held secrets. For now, I let him seal their seams with tape, stuff them into corners. Recently, when I visited, he sat across the dinner table as mom prepared our holiday meal, both of them aging exponentially like radioactive particles. Wisp of his former self, barely recognizable, recited the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. They had just taken out his kidney, the half, life of failure. Suddenly he opened his eyes, looked straight into me and said, I know you, you have a frontier spirit. Where did he even get that word, frontier? We nodded in agreement, then ate in silence like we always do, losing our nerve. All I've ever wanted him to say is, tell me something. Tell me everything. Whew. Man. Whew. Can we sit with that poem for a minute? Mm. What a powerful poem listening to what's not being said, listening to what's between the lines of the poem. Ah, oh, my friends. All right. Well, that closes our episode for today. And we will end as we always do. The divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Until next time, namaste. you're feeling like fighting the good fight is bringing you down and hope is starting to fade, grab my free seven-day meditative challenge, Spark Joy in Chaos, by signing up for my newsletter, which will be more light to your inbox. Go to suryagiyan.com slash subscribe.